Okay, so tonight we're going to be learning Oslamid in Sefer Milan from Rav Kook. And we're going to see that with the Oslamid, we're going to have a direct connection or a continuity from the Oschaf. And the Oslamid is going to be this bridge, in a certain sense, that bridges Tes, Yud, and Chaf to Mem, Nun, and Samich. And part of the Remez, part of the allusion to that is the simple fact that Lamid grammatically speaking, typically implies towards something, lit, lech lech shalom, um, a person is walking towards peace. The implication is that lamid is a transitionary letter, one that even in its descriptive shape, when you draw the lamid out, you see a certain fluidity to it. It, it. There's a certain dance to the lamid. Now, for the purpose of understanding the oslamid, what we're going to do is we're going to have a simple introduction, which is going to frame, in my opinion, what Rav Kook is trying to do with the Oslamid. And although this is not in line with other Mikubalim who darshan the Aleph Beis, there is Makom and there are Makorot that I can support my reading with, which identifies the Oslamid with the Sira of Das, or the notion of Das, the notion of knowledge. And we're going to see very clearly that as we have discussed in the last two weeks, the Os Yud was representative of Chachma Kaduma, that initial burst of enthusiasm, that initial burst of inspiration, beholding in the mind's eye the entirety of the idea, the Kaliyut of the idea, devoid, however, of the particularity. Os Chaf was the Bina that received the influx of Keser, but it was Bina nonetheless, which was Meven Davar Mitoch Davar. It was the ability to discern from within the generalized Chachma of Yud the details and the particulars, and the balancing act of the chaf, the kafa mishkal, the scales that measured out the pratiyut and the klaliyut, and the lamid, as we're going to see, is the third within the triadic structure of the mochin, of the three modes of consciousness that Kabbalah describes in terms of chachma, bina, and das, lamid is going to be associated with the sira, or the mode of consciousness described as das, or knowledge. So we have Yud being Chachma, we have Chaf being Bina, and in processional order we have the Lamid representative of Das. So we have Chachma, Bina, and Das in the processional order. Now, the Sefer Yitzira, when discussing the building blocks of reality, discusses the nature of Sfirot, and we're not going to get into a discussion about Sfirot. It would take much longer than the 43 minutes that we have or so left, but suffice it to say that it was very important to the Mahabar of the Sefer Yitzira to ensure that when we're talking about the Sviros, when talking about that which Rabbeinu Azriel of Gorona described as the Kayach HaGvul, the potential of creation, the building blocks of creation, if you will, it was very significant to identify the Sviros as ten strengths or ten potential frames through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through which Ein Sof can manifest itself into limitation, thereby disclosing the adornment to perfection, by nature of the fact that Ein Sof can manifest in limitation as well. Now, the Sefer Yitzira in one of the Mishnayos says that Eser Sviros, there are ten Sviros, Lo Tesha, Velo Echadas, right? Eser Velo Tesha, ten and not nine. The Eser Velo Echadas, right? And ten and not eleven. Now, the 
Sefer Yitzir and the Meforshim, the Rishonim, the Raif, and the Ramban, they describe the differentiation between the nine versus the eleven as two modes of heresy, which Chazal discuss as Kotzeit Spinatios, cutting the cords like Acher did, versus Kofer Be'ikr, as somebody who denies the essentiality of things. The Tzikune Zohar described these two modes of heresy as either denying Malchus, denying the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu manifests within this world, while accepting the fact that there is God, but denying the fact that it manifests within Malchus within something real and tangible and active versus Kotzeit Spinatios is accepting the validity of the existence of the world while denying its connection to the Esser Spheros that remain above it. But either way you look at it, Sefer Yetzirah is very keen on pointing out that it is 10 Spheros and not 9 and not 11. When the Meforshim discuss the possibility of it being 11, they come onto a Machlokas that the Ramak picks up as the codifier, basically, of Kabbalah before the Arizal, through the generations beforehand, collecting all the different opinions like we discussed in Osvav, the difference between Kabbalah Saramak and the Kabbalah of the Arizal, the Ramak already brings down in his Sefer Pardes Rimonim the question of whether Das, whether knowledge is counted amongst the Sviros or not. Because if we were to count Kabyachol, the Sviros starting from Keser, including Das, we would have Keser, Chachma, Bina, Das, Chesed, Gurat, Feres, that's Achod, Yisod, and Malchus, which would bring us to 11. So the question is, what role does Das play within the Sviros? And the Ramak offers his own answer, especially in the Shar, which discusses previous opinions of Mikubalim before the Ramak as to whether Keser was associated or even identical Kavyachol to Ein Sofiut. Now, the Ramak paskins very clearly that Keser is not Ein Sof. Keser is a sphere that we can discuss, that we can name, that we can describe certain parameters to. But nevertheless, in that discussion, the Ramak discusses what role Das plays. But the Arizal is really the one who paskins la halacha, so to speak, that when counting keser, when counting the crown, when counting the rutzon, the pnimius harutzon, which we discussed last week, as the, transcend- the transcendental will within the person that is indescribable in words, we do not count das. And when we count das, which is the knowledge, which we're going to describe what it is, we do not count keser. Because on a certain level, keser and das are interchangeable. And the way the Arizal and his Meforshim and the Bali Hasidus and the Vilnagon picked up on this as well is that Das is Chitsonius HaKeser, that Das is the externality of the will or desire, and Keser is Pnimius HaDas, and the desire or the Ratzon that is represented in the ineffable Keser is the interiority or the essence of what Das is. So the reason that when we count Das, we don't count Keser, and when we count Keser in the Sviros, we don't count Das, is because in truth they're interchangeable and they're two sides of the same coin, except that Das is the disclosure, so to speak, of that which remains ineffably removed in its transcendence at the state of Keser. Now we saw, I don't know if anyone is going to be able to recall this, but when we were discussing the notion of Chachma and the Tzafr Ditznyusa in Os Gimel, based on the Vilna Gon's distinction between Sefer, Sefer, and Sipor, as discussed in the beginning of the Sefer Yetzira, we saw that Das, on a certain level, that knowledge, which is the Sipur, which is the storytelling, which contains speech and disclosure in one, as opposed to the two Svarim HaKodbin, Chachma and Bina, which represent the two stages of reading a book, that Das, on a certain level, is the disclosure, is the Giloi of the Tzniusa of Keser, that in Das, in knowledge, in this 
epistemological mode of knowing something deeply, we touch on a certain level the interiority of Keter. We touch the will and this ineffability that remains in spite of its disclosure. Now, when we talk about Das, it's very important to understand that everything about Das is paradoxical in itself. And that's not because Das is confusing, but because Das itself is the nature of paradox as it relates to spirituality. What I mean to say is that typically what you'll find in the Mekubalim that when you start counting from Chachma, that Chachma, the Yud, is going to be the first mode of epistemological knowing something in its grandiosity, in its large form, without descending into the Pratyut of the thing, that Chachma is the right brain. Bina, which is the Din and the Gevura of breaking something apart, is the left brain. And the corpus callosum, if you will, the midbrain, the thing that connects the two hemispheres of the brain is going to be knowledge. That das is very often associated with the bridge between chachma and bina, as well as the bridge between the mochen, the higher spheros, and the midos, the sheva midos that are broken and represent this worldliness, that das is the connecting, das is the bridge, das is represented when talking about the embodied state of the sphero, das is going to be represented by the neck or the beard itself, which represents a certain dissension, which represents a certain connectivity between the head and the heart. The Galeno famously said that there's no greater distance than between the head of an individual, the mochen of an individual, and the capacity for them to know something intuitively and in actualization, which is the Mida of Das. So Das is representative of this bridge. Now, as a synthesizing agent between two paradoxical states of consciousness versus emotions, or transcendence versus imminence, or perfection versus brokenness, or Shabbos versus Yomosachol, or the masculine versus the feminine, and all of the abounding binary distinctions that we discuss, Das is the synthesizer between two apparent paradoxical options. Das is always that which bridges the opposites. Das is the thing that connects. As the Balatanya writes very beautifully and famously in Paragimel of Tanya, that Das is Meloshan Vyada Adam Eschava, of physical connection, of the capacity for a person to have an embodied relationship with an idea, not simply to remain stuck in the intellectualization or the thought of the thing, but actually to embody the idea, to act it out, to emotionally experience and intuitively experience that which a person is learning. And the psukim abound with regards to the value of das, that v'yada adamashava, v'yeda ko pa'ul ki ata pa'alto, v'yadata hayom v'hashivosa elva that das is representative and the the world is going to be filled with Das in the times of Mashiach. Das is representative of the key that basically holds the entire system together. The Baal Shem Tov famously writes that his entire purpose was to come into the world and reveal the capacity of Das, which remained in Golos, and that there's a Giloy of Das towards the end of Ikvis Ad Mashiach that allows us to connect Shemayim and Aretz, Das is always going to be this middle agent that connects and interfaces two opposing parts. The Pasuk in Mishlei and Parak Chafdalid sums up the value of Das as follows. Um, in, in Pasuk Gimel, it says, that in Chachma you shall build a house, which was the Yud, which was the Oschaf, 
And then in Pasuk Dalet, it says, That Das is the fullness of the experience. Das is what fills a person's mind and fills a person's emotional states within this world. Now, when it comes to Das, it's very difficult, nearly impossible to pin down exactly what we're talking about. Yes, it represents connectivity. Yes, it represents the yada adameshava, the nature of relationship between two paradoxical agents. But when it comes to das, it's nearly impossible to point to which example you're trying to focus on. Because das is containing two paradoxical agents and holding them in the balance. It's not a a synthesis in the Hegelian sense, which negates one of the stages where you have a thesis or a postulation of something, and then an antithesis, which comes to negate that postulate, and then a synthesis, which basically says, okay, let's make an agreement or a compromise to come up with a third value. But das in Kabbalah means something very different. It is not negating either the thesis or the antithesis. It is not negating Chachma or Bina, which are opposing in themselves, but it is rather a, a whole that contains within itself the paradox which holds itself. Chachma and Bina, the right and the left, the masculine and the feminine, they balance themselves out. The past and the future, the Rebbe and the Talmud, they balance, they balance themselves out and they hold themselves in this oppositional balance where the energy that comes about by the distinction and the distortion between their opposing traits is in and of itself that which keeps up the relationship. As Rabbi Nachman discusses very beautifully in Torah Samachdalet, that machlokes is not some accidental manifestation of secondary duality in the world, but it's rather that which creates the world. That the interplay between two paradoxical statements or two paradoxical notions of ayin and yesh, something and nothing, of bittel and gaiva, of nullification and expression, they are always in this dual dance where each side maintains the other's existence in a certain level. Now, das remains concealed. It's not counted amongst the spheros, because whenever we try and understand what das is, we come upon a suffix. We come upon this question of which side are we talking about? Psychologically speaking, it's our ability to connect to something essentially. It's our ability to connect in a deep way to an idea. But within the soul itself, within the psychology of the individual itself, it's still nearly impossible to describe how exactly that connection is made. How is it that consciousness, how is it that the mind itself manifests in emotion and action? How is it that these transcendent mochin, the chachma and the bina, interrelates and, and has an effect on our emotional and broken state? That question is unanswerable. The answer is das. But how DAS works, why DAS works, is ineffable on a certain level, which is why it's not counted in the spheros, because DAS exists solely based on its own existence. It is, not, it is not based on some prior idea or an effect of some prior cause, but DAS is a standalone, unique capacity that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has dis- distilled within the individual, whereby we have the capacity of not only living with contradiction, but balancing paradox without negating either side, so as to allow this unique Jewish epistemological state of elu ve'elu divrei elukim chayim, that there is no paradox that loses its strength, but both sides find their way into Kedusha, which is the dust of Mashiach on a certain level. The Arizal discusses, based on the Zohar, that the highest level of das, beyond das ne'elam, beyond this concealed knowledge which is indescribable and ineffable, there's a das of shalom, 
there's a das of the unity of opposites of this unio mystico that contains these two opposing traits each one existing in its oppositional stage and its paradoxical function without either losing their value because both ayin and yeish, all the binary oppositions which we can use to describe the fallen and broken nature of existence, both of them find themselves as fundamentally significant in the experience of Avodas Hashem. And as we've described since the beginning of Aleph, of the unity, the impossible unity of the Aleph, the Pela Elyon, Shemakasha Ruchnias Bagashmias, like the Ramah pointed out, which is the unity between limitation and non-limitation. With that introduction, with the notion of Das in hand, or the limited knowledge of Das, we're going to look at the words of Rav Kook, and then afterwards we're going to look at an, a remarkable teaching from Rav Tzadak HaKohen Melublin in Machshavas Chor, it's a relatively famous teaching, which discusses the nature of the Lamed. Rav Kook says as follows, Rav Kook says, After Yud and Chaf, Ba'im anu la'oso ha'ma'amad, shahakshavot ha'atzmiyut kfar nigmaru. Once we have gotten to Chaf, last week, like we said, was the preparation of action. It was the koach of the hand, prepared to act, prepared to manifest, yet held at its limit, held in abeyance before actually manifesting an action. It was the koach, which starts with Chaf, of Pu'ula. It was not the particularity of action, but rather g- generality of the strength of the potential towards action, which we described in the Chaf. And we were ready balancing the Tlaliut and the Pratiyut, these oppositional traits of universality and particularity of the whole versus the part of wholeness versus brokenness, and both stood at the ready, prepared to engage in action. With the Lamid, we see that everything that each and every thing can express from within its own intuitional state, not experiencing anything from outside itself, but the fullness of the thing in itself, devoid of any external influence or receptivity from anything else, we have already arrived where things have expressed their internal potential to the fullest. There is no more room for the thing to learn from within itself, but now it needs to begin to share and be exposed to and receive from and give to the other pieces of being, the other parts of him, the other expressions of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in the world, so as to create a map, if you will, where each part is unified with its other through its interrelationship. Basically, the mitzvah of v'yahavta l'reyacha kamocha. Once you understand reyacha, once you understand that there are individual parts in the world and that there is a kamocha, there is an individual and there are others which stand in disparity and disunity, the Lamid is now going to be the connectivity, the Das, the Chibor, between these disparate points to create a system of interconnectivity, of relationship, of giving and receiving. Rav Kook continues, We have expressed everything in the value of their klaliutam, of the yud, in their generality, as well as the erech pratiusehem, the value or the, the expression of their particularity, like we discussed in the Oschaf, lidei hitstarfus erchi. I'm sorry, I'm reading from the Oschaf right now. Let's go back to Lamed. Ba'imanu ma'amad, we have arrived at that moment, shahak shavota atzmiyut kfar nigmaru, that the internalized expressions have already finished up, Everything 
Kfar ba the omid al mechono. Now we've gotten to the point where everything has fully expressed itself in its internal potential. Every single thing internally, that which it can describe, that which it can act out, that which it can create, and that which it can expand, that which it can give birth to, and that which it can grow in terms of fruitfulness, everything is already standing at the ready to be expressed in its fullness. And Rav Kook here is describing Das in such a beautiful Lashon, the imaginal expansion, that we are now ready to move beyond the self-containedness of each and everything, and now allow them to relate to one another to create a sum total that is greater than the sum of its parts, to allow for there to be interrelationship and, and relationality between one thing and its other so that each and everything doesn't simply stand in its lonely state, but rather there can be community amongst the points that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has revealed in the world. And those collections of those points can give birth to ideas, and those ideas can give birth to spaces within the individual, within communities, which gives birth to the civilization of Kedusha v'chuleh v'chuleh. Rav Kook continues, now that the Lamed is standing at the ready to allow for there to be a relationship between one thing and the other, he says, from within the absorption which each thing absorbs from that which is outside it. Da'as, knowledge, receptivity, connection, all of that is built and situated upon our willingness and our ability to listen and to receive that which is not us, to be open to something outside of us, to be mevatel ourselves, to fill our storehouses with that which we don't have. The necessity of relationality in the world is not because each thing is whole in itself and there has to be relationship, but each thing has a chisaron atzmi, like Hasidei Ishbitz and Sadike Lublin describe, that each thing has its own particular lack, which is actually the constitution of its own subjectivity. But because of the lack, because each thing doesn't have everything it needs, there needs to be receptivity. And because of the receptivity, there is also expression from one thing to another. It's lack that gives birth to the necessity of community, to the necessity of receptivity from one thing to the other, to the reality that we have to learn lamade from other people and that we can't function in and our own minds, like Rav Kook described in the Os Aleph. Rav Kook continues and he says, Kan kriyat amdasa. Now the Svarim referred to the Oslamid. If you look at the Oslamid on a certain level, it is the image of an ear that a person, when it comes to the Oslamid, is already engaged in the act of listening. Lilmod ulalamid. To learn means to receive from something else. It means to be prepared and girded to engage ideas that are beyond me and to integrate them into myself in spite of the fact that my ego does not want to experience anything that is not my own. Lamed takes an anivus, Lamed takes a certain humility to receive and to learn from things outside of ourselves. Rav Kook continues, The Lamed comes to clear and to express in a very clear way the pathways of influence, the interrelational influence between one thing and another. 
like we say in Uvalitzion, Malachim receive from one another. So not to think that that this relationality is one-sided where a teacher teaches a student and the student is forced to receive, but rather like Rabbi Nachman tells us in numerous places that Limud Adlamed is always a relative experience, that I may be a student to one person while at the next moment I can be a teacher to that person because anytime one person is speaking and the other person is listening, in spite of the fact that gradationally speaking, in terms of the hierarchy of teaching and receiving, there might be the secured status of teacher and student, but Chazal describe emphatically that students can be teachers and teachers can be students, primarily because this interrelationality is not a hierarchical status, but it's rather the coexistence of a receiver and expression and vice versa. Now each thing has the ability to transform to the other orchos chayim, pathways of life, and the emotions of life, examples and, and guidance, and the imaginal expression of that, the expression of their desire and the multitude of wills, halamid, the Oslamid Bitsurato Hamitromemet me al Hashita Hashav Mevi etaraayon hachipusi. Now here we're going to see this paradoxical state of Das, this paradoxical state of the Lamid. Rav Kook says famously, and we're going to see very clearly in Rav Sadok, that the Oslamid is referred to in the Zohar and in Chazal in two important sources in Mesechah Sanhedrin, Daf Kuf Vav Amad Beis, and in Mesechah Chagiga, Daf Tes Vav Amad Beis, where the Oslamid is referred to as Migdal HaPoreach Ba'avir, the tower, the storehouse that floats in the air, a profoundly poetic expression of something that stands on nothing a paradoxical existence where at once, at the same moment, simultaneously speaking, something is something and nothing at the same time. It is present and it is absent. It is rooted and it is elevated, as we're going to see from the words of Rav Sadok. But Rav Kuk here is describing the top part of the Lamed, which is referred to as the Migdal HaPareach Avir, the tower that floats in the sky because it is the highest of all of the letters that goes above the Sirtut in the Torah Shebechsav, that is elevated above any other letter that floats on nothingness. This Lamed, the top part of the Lamed, represents the individual's ability to conceive of ideas that are fully beyond the self, to conceive of ideals, to conceive of dreams, of hopes, of desires that remain disconnected from my actual existence, that remain disconnected from my real self, yet nevertheless, because of my da'as, because of my hitchabrut, because of the keser that remains in de- in, embedded within the panemius, within the interiority of knowledge, I have the ability to dream and think of connecting to things far beyond my capacity of receiving. Rav Kook says in his Lashon, in its shape that elevates itself, that transcends the lines, beyond the equalizing line of all of the other letters, it brings forth the image of searching. And Chipusi in Lashon HaKodesh is also going to be the Lashon of Chofesh, the Lashon of freedom, where a person is not 
stuck or enslaved within the limits of their knowledge, but rather they have the capacity to allow themselves to dream, to know of things beyond themselves, in spite of the fact that it's not real to them at that moment, they still have the ability to elevate themselves, at least internally speaking, to that which they would like, to the rutzon of what they want to be, of what they want to know, of who I want to be. That elevates itself above and above. To search out, Latour, like the Miraglim, to spy out, to search in the regions far beyond our capacity, to dream big on a certain level, to allow ourselves to experience that which remains far beyond our conscious awareness, far beyond what Rav Kook describes as my spirit, my rucho, my hakarato, my consciousness, my ritzono va'amdaso, my station in life as well as my desire, hapnimit amutit. Das allows us, the Lama allows us to peer and to tour and to search and to spy out areas far beyond our wildest dreams of actualization. Because on a certain level, Das is representative of the keter within us, of the ratzon hapnimi within us, where the Rambam allows us to force a person to do something because the Panemius Haratzon, each Jew has this koach of rotza ani, that even beyond my expression of my personality, deep down there are things that I want beyond my knowledge. This is expressed most clearly in, in, in Sadiqa Ishbitz and Radzin and Lublin as well, that Das is the Panemius of the Nefesh, that there is nothing deeper than Das, that the Makom Shadaiso Shal Adam Magas, that the only conscious state of things that we have is towards the point where our das comes to, what we know. But deeper than that, there is a level of das ne'elam, the unconsciousness, which according to Ishbitz and Radzin, and this might be the Ikra Chiddush on a certain level, is still actively engaged in the Ratzon Hashem. This is the whole sugya of the Bechira and the idea in Ishbitz, that even though I'm not consciously aware of that my Das wants something, my Das is still poel, that which HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. Because when I get to the Pnimiyas Adas, to the Das Ne'elam, which touches Keser, which touches Keser Elyon, the internal will of myself, the Yechidah Shebenefesh, I'm already touching the desire of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavyachol. That in spite of the fact that it's beyond my hakara and my ratzon and my standing in life and my internal essence, I still have the ability to search beyond myself. Amnan, nevertheless, and here Rav Kook is going to show us that it's not enough that Das allows us to search beyond ourselves, but Das always has to have some sort of practical manifestation. But Das Chadaram Yimla'u, like we said from the Pasuk and Mishlei, that Das forces us to fill the storehouses. It's not enough to allow it to be some experiential visitation towards realms beyond ourselves, but rather it is significant that it has a a mamish on our actions, like the Pasuk says, the Adata Hayom, and you should know today, and bring it back down to your heart. And the Osios Derab Yakiva describe when discussing the Oslamid, they say, or the, the Machaber writes, that the Oslamid is Roshe Tebos Lilmod Mavin Das, to teach the knowledge to teach the understanding of knowledge, that knowledge is only valuable if it applies to a certain level of understanding. And here, of Cook is going to be discussing the second paradoxical level of Das, which is the lower level of Das, the Das Tachton, if you will. And he goes on to say that Amnan, 
הסנעסות הזאת תמיד גורמת היא שהצד התחתיתי של תוכני הלמד, גם הוא יתרומם על כל פנים, הרמה אלקסונית אל על, שאיפת ההתנסות לצייר על פי הנשכב גם את הציורים התחתיתים לטעמים את הסדרים על פי הרוממוס הנשקפת בתחום הרום. This is a remarkable statement from Rav Kook. He says that this elevated status of the Lamed, this part of the Lamed that searches beyond itself into the upper realms of being, it always brings with itself a certain elevation of the lower part of the Lamed as well. An aliyah al-kisonit, a curvature, if you will, a diagonalization of the Lamed, which is representative of the fact that I start off on the bottom but nevertheless I'm still elevating very slowly up towards El Al, up towards something beyond myself. That Das, the Das Elyon, which is the Hitromimut Latur Masha Me Elyon Alai, to search out that which is above me, always brings in its stead a certain elevation of the individual because Das is embodied knowledge. Das is the Kuma Shlema. Das fills the mind, it fills the heart, and it fills the lower part of the body. The Lamid, on a certain level, is the fullness of the triadic structure of the individual, the Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama, which each containing within themselves 10 spheros, equaling 30, which is the Gematria of Lamid, representative of the mind, the body, and the spirit, Kabyachal, so to speak. That Lamid contains the fullness, the kuma shlema, the wholeness that expresses itself in each part of the person. So Rav Kook says that it's not enough for Das to be this searching out for that which is above my standing, but it must be, paradoxically speaking, a searching out beyond myself, which at the same moment elevates my experience in the day-to-day. That that in each moment and every experience that I have, I have the capacity to experience das. I have the capacity to connect to that which I'm engaged with at the particular moment, to the point that ve'adatem hayom, that I can know today. I can know and experience HaKadosh Baruch Hu on the day-to-day level in the banality of day-to-day life, in the in the practicality of day-to-day life. It is not simply the transcendental ideal of searching out the ideals and the spirit of things, but it is rather this paradoxical and impossible relationship of Das, which allows the elevated heights of Keter, Pnim of the Keser, to express themselves in the lowest realms of ourselves and in the lowest, realm, in the lowest realms of being, expressed in that slight elevation of the Oslamid, which was representative of the fact that the loftiest ideals always bring with themselves a certain elevation of the lowest part of the individual themselves. Otherwise, it's meaningless. Rav Kook continues and he says, Acharehit alusa shel lamala. After the top part of the Lamed, which are representative of the searching out beyond ourselves, we see this expression in the curvature and the expe- in the expression, the written expression of the lower part of the Lamed itself. Now Rav Kook is going to be discussing the middle part of the Lamed, which seems to separate between the upper part and the lower part. And here we have to understand something fundamental about Das, which just goes to speak about the paradoxical nature of it all. On the one hand, we have from the Balatanya and nearly all the Mekubalim who describe Das as Chibor, as Vyada Adam as Chava, as connectivity, as embodied knowledge, as knowledge which allows the mind to connect to the heart. But on the other hand, Chazal point out in multiple places that Das is representative of differentiation and separation. When discussing in Meseches Brachos, 
why we say the bracha of atachonen tanu la'adam das in the bracha of atain of of chonen ladas. Why is it that the separation and the distinction between Shabbos and Chol is specifically focused in the bracha which thanks Hashem for giving us das? Chazal say something remarkable. They say that without knowledge, without embodied knowledge, how would we have the capacity to differentiate between things? Because part of das, part of knowledge, part of knowing something in its essence and connecting to it deeply is also being aware of what it is not. Very much in line of what we saw in Os Aleph and in the, in the introduction to the Shiram on Reish Milin, which is that at the end of it all, all we come to is the apophatic realization that that we can't know anything about Atzmusa Yisbarach, and that even when Sadiqim talk about Atzmusa, the essence of God, they're not talking about Atzmusa, Chas v'shalom, but rather the expression of God into the Kalin, into the Mochin themselves, the Chaf, which is the Bina, the Lamed, which is the Das, and the Yud, which is the Chachma, the three Mochin, which spell out Kli, which give us the ability to acquire knowledge and experience knowledge that we still don't know anything. The Leshem utilizes the Rambam's negative theology in this as described in Moran Abuchim, that at the end of the day, all we can say is Shlilut. All we can say is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not, and the Maharal describes in multiple places, countless places, as Rapartman would say, it's a Yesod Nafut, Pesifri Maharal, it's a fundamental idea within and expressed within the the massive writings of the Maharal that Yidiyas hafachim hi'achas, that the knowledge of opposites is one, that I truly only know something when I know it's opposite as well, when I know what it is not. Das also allows us to separate one thing from the other. In order to know something, we also have to know its limitations and the areas where it's different and where it opposes to something else. Because again, like we said, Das is a paradox, which means that there is differentiation. The difference is held in abeyance. It's a dialectic at a standstill, so to speak, where each side does not negate one another, but rather they stand held in the opposition of their oppositional force, like the magnetic force that pushes back against itself when two opposite sides are pushing forward to one another. And Rav Kook says as follows, describing in the middle part of the Lamed, the thick line of the Lamed, which separates the searching out that which is above us and descending into the practicality of our lowest parts. Hakav Eitan, the thick and strong kav, the thick line in the middle from which the elevated part of the Lamed and the lower part of the Lamed stretch out from, Melamdenu teaches us, and Melamdenu again, Melashan Lamed, et hayesod halimudi habanui al asmu al etanuyut ahavdalash ben harom vahatachas. It focuses us and teaches us on the fundamental educational value of recognizing the strength of difference between that which is elevated and that which is degraded, between that which is transcendent and between that which is imminent, between that which is Shabbos and between that which is whole. Without knowledge of opposites, without knowledge of that which is different from one another and the distinction that a Baruch has placed in the world through the capacity of limitation, there can be no knowledge, there can be no learning, there can be no hierarchical relationship between receiver and expression and expression and receiver. This thick line represents the fundamental recognition 
of the valuation and the distinction between values that allows for functionality to take place, for there to be relationship. We are not at the point yet without knowledge. Like we saw in Os Aleph, in the future, lo yichnaf od marecha, there will be no necessity of learning because each and every person will know from within their own personal intuition that which they need to know. There will be no need for teachers and students, but each and every person will say to one another, chazak, each person will be able to discern that which they need to know. Prior to the Messianic Advent, prior to the eschatological stage where there is no need for learning because there is a necessity of differentiation and valuation and level so that one person can learn from another person and vice versa. Until then, until the point where we no longer need the Lamed, where we no longer need this Limud and the Lamed of teaching and the expression of ideals and a hierarchical status, there needs to be differentiation, there needs to be separation. Rav Kook goes on and continues, and he says that this Koach of Das, this Koach of Limud, is representative of the impossible transition between one generation and the next generation, which is simply representative of the idea of how opposites can relate to one another. How is it that the past relates to the present and the future? How is it that that which is gone has a relationship with that which is present, as well as that which is to come? How is it that that which has happened does not simply fall back into the nothingness of the void, but rather maintains a certain significance for future generations? The Mesorah, the Lamed, the handing down of knowledge from one generation to another. What miraculous koach, what paradoxical koach allows for there to be a connectivity throughout Jewish history? And Rav Kook says as follows, he says, The habituation at the heart of life that moves forth throughout all of the images of the world, and worlds upon worlds, that have any relationship with the misora, with the expression from one generation to the next, and from one world to the next, the expression of the signs that come forth to us from the ancient times, from ancient generations, and affect us nowadays in the present moment. And the changing of worlds from one thing to another. All of that is contained within the Oslamid, which whose noise and expression gladdens our ears like music from the pa'amon, like music from the bell, representative of the fact that the upper realms of the Lamed have a relationship with the lower realms. That which is transcendent has a relationship with that which is imminent. That which is past has a relationship with that which is present. This is all through the tchuna of Moresha Sadoros, of Limud, of the Mesora, of teaching that which we know, of that Matan Torah was not simply for the Jewish people who were existent in that day, but rather it is for all the generations that will come afterwards. It is the futurity, it is the nature of the Atid that is contained within the present moment, the lit, the walking towards something, the going towards something, the nature of teaching, the chule, the chule. If Cook continues and he says something amazing, he says, <clears throat> 
Bekol oz in a large voice, Hanosa Bechelo Hakavir Eskol Hamigdalim Haporchim Beavir Hamitsuchach Sharon Haelion. That contained within its essence all of the Migdalim Haporchim, all of these floating towers, these things that exist yet they don't exist at the same time because they are rooted in the paradoxical and impossible relationship which the Das Ne'elam allows us to have between one thing and the other, where it is, like Einstein said, spooky action at a distance. It is a relationship that has no cause and effect level, but rather at a quantum level, things relate to one another in spite of their impossible distance from one another. The Lamed allows us to connect. The Lamed allows us to teach. The Lamed allows us to bring down our loftiest ambitions down towards our most internalized expression. Now, I, I know that I went slightly beyond the, the time limit that we've had, but I want to spend some time looking at the words of Rav Tzadok in Machshavah's Charutz. And, and only because I can't teach it, I want everybody, if you're interested, to look at Oros HaTorah in Parak Vav, Os Zayin, where Rav Kook beautifully describes the notion of Migdal HaPareach Ba'avir, the tower that floats in the sky and its relationship to the Oslamid, again, very much in line with what we've been discussing until now, which is this unification between the loftiest ideals that a person can conceive of, as well as the most practical expression that a person has the ability of manifesting in this worldliness. Now we're going to look slightly at the words of Machshavah's Haruks. This is a remarkable piece. It runs in the new printing from page 100 to 105. And then again, it picks up on page 114 and 115. But I'm going to be reading specifically from the pieces that I found to be most fundamental in expressing this idea that Das and the Lamed represent this paradoxical space that is in between something and nothing because it contains both sides of it. This is representative, according to Rav Sadok, of the essence of the Jewish people who, according to Rav Sadok, have this identity of non-identity or an existence of non-existence, a presence of absence or a something of nothing, where both sides are always true, where paradoxically speaking, both oppositional postulates or both statements exist simultaneously within the impossible existence of the Jewish people who should not be around yet are around, which are written but not written. And this is expressed by Rav Sadok, and I'm just paraphrasing right now before we look inside, by the Oslamid, which is a written letter like all other letters. Yet at the same point, it is beyond the other letters because the Migdal HaPareach Avir of the Lamid is beyond the Tzirtut. Now, Rav Tzadok is going to describe the architecture of textuality on a certain level. The Sefer Yetzirah describes the letters as avanim, the osios as stones, words as batim, words as houses. And then Rav Tzadok goes on and describes very beautifully, and Rav Hutner takes from this as well in Mamre Purim, that there's sirtut. There's a necessity and a, and a halachic necessity of gradations and, and lines within the Sefer Torah that ensures that each os is contained within its proper space, not melting or informing any other os. And those sirtutim, Rav Sadok describes as, as, as kind of like a barrier or a wall. So we have letters which represent the stones and words which represent the houses, and those houses create a community which Rav Sadok says are described in the line, in the shura, in the community of words. And the Migdal HaParech Ba'avir is the tower that asserts itself beyond the barrier, beyond the line, beyond the, the wall that distinguishes everything. And that Lamid is representative of this Koyach HaPela, this wondrous Koach, of being part of the community and being beyond the community, of being part of the Binyan and not part of the Binyan at the same time. 
Rav Sadok says as follows. He says that, and this is in Os Beis, of Os Yud Beis in Machshavas Harutz. He says, that letters in Sefer Yasira are described as stones. And parenthetically speaking, if a person is interested in a beautiful depiction of the architecture of textuality, I highly recommend looking at Rabbi Nassan of Nimrov's Chus introduction to Rabbi Nachman's Lukutim Maharan, where he describes the beauty of Lukutim Maharan as being this edifice of rooms and buildings and houses upon houses, where anytime you open one door within a Torah, you realize that there are multiple doors within that room that allow you to go from one room to the other, which for another time is the sugya of the chinot, how everything is its other thing, even though each thing is unique. Rav Tzadok says, And words are created out of the stones of the letters, and they are a binyan kavua sheish lam yisod kavua v'kayim, that has a, a fundamental expression of space, because they're the letters of the words which are described as truthful, and the language of truth is eternal, because it's expressed throughout, and it's true throughout any situation, like uh, a sturdy binion, as opposed to something that does not have that moves from place to place. And therefore, Chazal have told us in Megillah, the halachos of sirtut, the halachos of engraving specific lines that contain the letters within their limit is learned out from the word MS. And Rufutner has a beautiful mimer in this on Mamre, uh, in Mamre Purim. I'm sorry, in Pacharitzot Purim, not Mamre Purim. The MS This necessity of sirtut, of containing the letters in a very kind of uniform form, is rooted in the MS of the Torah. Because even the lines and the space in which the letters are written, the Torah has associated them with a choma, with a wall, with a, a barrier. And therefore a line is referred to as a shura, which is the same lashon as choma, which is a shur, belashon hakasuv, barami shura. So we see an association between a line and a barrier and a wall. And Rav, Rav Tzadok continues, We need this particular spacing in order to ensure that one letter doesn't express itself onto another level. Because at that point, it wouldn't be a fundamental and strong wall. And Rav Tzadok goes on to say, but the Oslamid who bolet v'yotzim in asirtut, it's the one letter which forces itself out beyond the sirtut, beyond the limitation of the lines, in beyond the limitation of the written space that is allotted to the all, all the other letters. And therefore it is referred to as a tower, lo evan vevayas, not a stone or a house, because a migdal hu kavua, because it is not a fundamentally situated space, but rather one that is elevated beyond all other space. And Rav Sado continues, Vahainu gago shal halamid, kamosha kasuva aruch, and Rashi describes this in Chagiga daktas vav amad beis, kigufo tsarach shalo yetzimir sirtot michola osios, benemsa hagag yeshlos michola matalaos. But by the oslamid, we find that it goes outside of the sirtot. And Rav Sado continues and he says, <clears throat> he says, 
the hashpah mitzido yisbarach bekviyashav. The expression from a kaddish baruch is equalized to everybody. Everybody has the capacity to receive. Every letter is the same in its essence because it's receiving from Hashem. And al kein Torah shebechsav kesivu manchalachol baleolam. Torah shebechsav, which is represented by all of the letters, which maintain the same gradation, which maintain the same limitation and the same levels and distinctions and value, they all are written and given to everybody. But for Rav Sadok, and this is a Yisod Kavua Ber Rav Sadok, the Das of Torah Shemalpeh, the Ruach HaKodesh, which Rashi describes as Das, is given over to the Chachmei Yisrael, the Torah Shemalpeh, which is given over in order to be Machadesh and to be Masig, that which is not written, that which is not clear. Not a fundamental Torah Shabbat, but rather each and every person has the capacity to identify their own das, their own ability to be machadesh in Torah Shabbat. But somebody who's not a chacham doesn't machadesh anything. The whole hasaga hu that every hasaga of Torah Shabbat, every expression of das, of the person's individualized knowledge and intuition, that they're makabel mitzido, ain lo There's no specificity to it. There's no permanence to it. And even according to the person who's masig something at that point through das, he derech pricha. It's by way of flying. Something is floating. Besecha blokvius. Our ideas float within our minds without permeance. Pam nigla v'pam ne'elam. At times revealed and at times and at times concealed. And he goes on to say, the halamid who guf os shebechsav v'gam kein ein lokvius v'parech ba'avir. The lamid is a written letter on the one hand, like any other letter, but at the same point, it is floating in the sky and possibly it is present and absence at the same point. It is a floating migdal. In the sense that it is fundamental and full letter which builds a house, but at the same point, it's a migdal ha-gavoa. Yet at the same point, it's above that house. Why? Because the Lamed is Melashon Limud. Lamed is from the expression of learning, because the Lamed, the Das of the individual, the Das, this paradoxical state that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has allowed Jewish individuals to have, is this paradox of not being Torah, but at the same time creating words of Torah, of being Machadesh something, of being Machadesh Razendoraisa, of novelty, but that novelty is, re- is retroactively disclosed to have been part of the Torah of Kol Masha Talmud Vatik, Asid Lehit that Moshe Rabbeinu in his Hasaga of Torah Shebechsav contains all possible novelty in spite of the fact that it's not written because Chidushe Torah and Torah Shebechsav and the Koyach of the Chachamim and the Lamed and the Lamed Das, all of that rests on the paradoxical reality of Das. And Rav Tzado continues, the Bechol Davar Yirev Yorit, this is why it's referred to as floating in the sky. The fearful individual, the anxious individual, has nothing certain to rest upon. 
the lamid that is parech ba'avir has no situatedness. It is not something that I can point to and that I can say, ah, this is what it is, because das is always unique for each and every individual. Like the Gemara, remarkably, and this is what Rav Kook says in Oros Torah, that in Meseches Chagiga, when discussing the 300 halachos that Achitofel and Doeg were dorish in the Migdal HaParayach Be'avir, I'm sorry, this is in Sanhedrin Kufvav, that Achitofel and Doeg tried to learn out 300 halachos from the Oslamid, the Gemara there discusses and they say, they didn't come up with any answers. All they did was ask questions. What value is it? And Rav Kook describes expressively, and he writes this in numerous places in his Koptzim, that Suffolk itself, doubt itself, is the birthplace of knowledge. The impossible paradox of the Oslamid is where Limud comes from. That specifically the Jewish people, our knowledge is born out of unknowing. It is born out of the fact that in spite of the fact that we have been learning for years and years and years and years, we still know absolutely nothing in Tathlas Hayadiyah because everything rests on the Pella of the Lamed, on the Pella of Das, which is the disclosure of the Pneumius of Keser, which is really the disclosure of Lamed, because the Lamed is the second letter in the Os Aleph. And if you look back on what Urf Kook said in Os Aleph, we see this very explicitly. And with this, I'll end because I've gone far beyond the time lot that we typically have. He says, so, And this is what Rav Sadduk says. He says, oslamid. This is why the Torah ends with Oslamid. Why? That is representative of the fact that this paradox of being present yet absent at the same time, being a house, an os, but at the same time floating above all the osios. Sha'af al Torah, that even though the Torah is already given, hakoleles avanim vibatim vichomos, that contain within themselves letters, which are stones, and words, which are houses, and sentences, which are chomot, heim shurot haksav hamagdirot adam, the written lines, which are magdir, the person, the certainty in our lives. Mikomakom sof davar hakol nishma shakulo kalul osalamid, that at the end of the day, every Everything is contained within the Yoslamid HaPorech Ba'avir that floats in the sky. Because in truth, everything floats in the sky. We know absolutely nothing beyond the fact that everything rests on the impossible paradox of Yeshva'ayin. That in spite of everything we have learned, we still know absolutely nothing. And everything is rooted on Belima, like the, the Sefer Yitzhira says. Everything is rooted in nothingness of Enod Novado. And this is the foundation of Torah Shabbat This is the beginningness of Torah Shabbat which is rooted in the end of Torah Shabbat of the Oslamid. Because in truth, there is no fullness to Torah Shabbat beyond Torah Shabbat and he goes on and says, V'hakarayim, and the Karaites, She'parkuba, af Torah she'bechsav in lahem. If you deny Torah she'bechsav, you have no Torah she'bechsav. If you deny novelty, you have no koach of that which is situated. If you deny doubt, you have no relationship with certainty. Ki hachsav lo yodim klum, because from what is written, we know nothing. She'akol parayach ba'avir adayim. Everything is still floating in the sky. Ve'in lahem shum mitzvah b'shleimus klal. Umesayim b'milas Yisrael. And the last word of the Torah, which last letter is lam, is the word Yisrael, Shehem Gamkein Mishorah Shalamid, because Bnei Yisrael come from the Lamid. We are an impossible reality. We are both something and nothing, both the greatest and the lowest. And the fullness of the Torah is the expression of Bnei Yisrael. Without 
any kind of further ado, we're going to continue and see how Osman next week, Bezras Hashem, comes directly from Oslamid. And I apologize again for the time, for the extra 15 minutes or so that we went.